Welcome to the Bottled Blonde Podcast, a guide for the unconventional modern woman. Your host, Christina McInnes, will give you a behind-the-scenes look into everything you need to know. Get ready to laugh, learn, and have a happy hour with your blonde digital BFF. Let's celebrate not having it all together, but having a good fucking time while we're at it. Hello, TVB babes. Today we are alive and we are also 26, which is woohoo. Yesterday, Brian texted, Bougie Brian texted my mom and was like, What time is she like actually born at? She's like 3 15. So, of course, he like puts it in his notes about all the facts about me. He likes to keep it like one area. And he's like, You're officially 26. He like sprinted in the house at 3 15. I was like, Oh my God. Um, But Uh, My friend Courtney is here and she's going to be hanging out with us for like the next few days. Came in for a little birthday trip. She's like post anniversary uh, sale at Nordstrom where she works. She needed a little downtime and she has yet to come down since I've moved here. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. We switched roles when (laughs) I think it was my 21st birthday when I was in California. You came down for my birthday. That's so funny. Yeah. And you were in Palm Springs. Yeah, Yeah. we went to Palm Springs for the day and it was so fun. We literally like shot out by the like little windmills. Oh, yeah. And yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. And we're going to go into like a full episode because Courtney's never been on the podcast obviously but um I don't think I've actually ever I think maybe I've told like a little bliss of this story but like how I actually moved and me and Courtney were supposed to actually move down here together and yeah. then we didn't and we'll dive into like all the reasons why and how it ended up like working out for the best but I think it's like I think it'd be a really good episode and we'll talk about like what we've learned like turning I have I'm a full I'm not even 24 hours into 26 <laughs> but like maybe Courtney's like advice too for like I don't know, her 26th year, and we'll dive into, like, friendship. We've literally been friends since we've been 14. Yeah. Which is freaking wild. We have been on this influencer taking photos (laughs) journey (laughs) since we were 14. Literally 14, guys. In high school, we used to, like, rip around. We put on – there's this one picture that we'll have to post. It's, like, us and, like, Sephora lipsticks where I did, like, a red, and I think you did, like, a purple. Yeah. And they were, like, lip stains, and we, like, took pictures in our car at, like, Clackamas Town Center Mall. Yeah. We (laughs) thought we were, like, so cool. We loved it. We were, like, no, this is it. We're going to become influencers, like, bloggers. And I was, like, well, here we are. I guess it did work (laughs) out. But it was so funny. That was, like, in the blogger era in 2014. Oh, yeah. We can go into details of all our art projects we did. Oh my god all the art projects do you remember we'll have to bring up the one do you remember the one that was for like a domestic abuse yes i was just about to think about that one they were in the mall yes were, oh my god okay so we'll have to dive into this one the domestic abuse photo shoot we did for like a class project yeah. and me and courtney had to like literally put fake bruises on ourselves people thought we were beat the shit up yeah like, and it the was mall. so bad in the mall people were like stopping us it was just a whole moment we'll dive into all of that in next week's episode but a little birthday recap um for those of you who like don't know we're having a, a gucci birthday this year we kind of played it off of like house of gucci and we we're like hey let's make something fun that's like very me and last year i did a barbie birthday and i was like hey i still want pink involved fucking love pink but I want it to be like a little, I want there to be a twist and also a theme that everybody can dress for. So we're doing House of KCM, um, which is really just everyone wearing like designer bougie stuff. And we're doing it off of like the Gucci restaurant. So last night, me and Brian went to the Gucci restaurant. And of course, 
he's just obsessed with the chef. They had like a bromance last time they were in there. And I was telling Courtney on the way from the airport because <laughs> we just went and got her that they were like in love with each other. He came out and like hugged Brian. They've been like DMing on Instagram. And this is like the head chef who started all of the Gucci restaurants. This isn't like someone who works there. He's like the one who orchestrated all of the dishes and physically created all of the dishes. So this is literally like insane. And they just had quite a time. We're going to go into like all the details on the vlog because we're going to start vlogging and uh, hopefully post one, but we're thinking like mid to end of August. So I'll keep you guys updated on like the vlogging sitch. And if him and the Gucci man, who's like head chef, end up hanging out because they scheduled an espresso date. And I just cannot. <laughs> That's like just sending me over. But um, besides that, yeah, we'll keep you all updated on vlog stuff. And then me and Courtney are going to go rip around today and tomorrow. And then Saturday is actually like the House of KCM potty. And um, Court will be there for that, which I'm really excited for. And then she heads home. She's going to go see another friend while she's here. And then she heads home on Monday or Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so it'll be a real good time. So we'll record that episode literally tomorrow. So you guys will get it next Thursday. Um, and there's going to be so much. And yeah. I can't wait. It's going to be a good episode. It's going to be a real so good stay episode. Tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> and then this week's guest, um, I think you guys are going to love – she just has so much knowledge in the skincare space. And I learned like a lot from just like listening to her. And I had found her on YouTube and she has such a good vibe and she just does things so differently. And I just really appreciate people who like beat to the, beat to the tune of their own drum. Is that it? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's what it's saying. Um, and she just like does it. She like doesn't really look at what everyone else is doing. And she really has just like focused inward since like her positioning on YouTube. She has like over 2 million subscribers on YouTube, has now been on Instagram, TikTok, created her skincare products um, in a really just different way than I've seen. And we dive into all the differences and how she's really community-faced and community-forward, like forward, but in a completely different way than I've seen other skincare brands. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the Bottle Blonde podcast, and we will dive on in. Talk to all for now. Hello, TBB babes. Today we have the lovely Tenny, and I am so freaking excited. We are diving into skincare. We are diving into her coming to the United States. We're diving into just a freaking lot. I'm so excited. <laughs> and I was telling her, I heard her on another podcast, and I was shocked because you just have so much knowledge in so many different areas. She was kind of popping around to everything, yeah. and you just had something to like talk about that was very useful. And I was like, wow, she can, she can do it all. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's nice. But I'm excited for you to just talk about your uh, coming to the United States, how all of that started, yeah. and then you going to school, getting your master's and your bachelor's, correct? Correct, yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Well, okay, so I was born in Iran, and um, my family moved to Greece when I was two. Uh, we were technically re religious refugees, and then we came to the U.S. when I was five. Um, that was like the plan all along. My family really wanted me to have the opportunity here that I probably would not have over there. Um, so when I was five, we came here and instantly I just wanted to absorb everything American. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, I had, I was an artist when I was young, always drawing, always painting, not that great in school, even though I, mm -hmm. I went on and got a master's degree. I was always just creating, creating, creating was like my 
my biggest thing. My dad's also an artist, so that kind of transferred onto me. What kind of art? Um, I mean, everything you can possibly imagine, like drawing, painting, acrylics, um, what do you call them? The pastels, like everything, mm -hmm. like at graphite, everything. I just love to create. And not only that, like I loved <laughs> one funny thing that I did when I was a kid was um, I would draw. We had this like comic book store called Legacy in my hometown. And I would draw these like fantasy, like almost like Transformer. Really? Kind of, okay. Like, I like, love it. Did not even make sense for like, I was like playing with dolls one second and <laughs> like drawing these crazy Transformers. Um, I just loved fantasy. Everything that was, that had to do with like imagination and creating. Um, and then fast forward to junior college when I was doing dance, mm -hmm. um, everybody would be like, oh my God, your makeup looks so great when you're, you know, when you're getting ready for performances and stuff. So that kind of sparked to the idea to start a blog for beauty yeah. for mm -hmm. makeup because I was always interested I was just telling everybody before we got on camera that the people at my Sephora my local Sephora knew me by name that's so funny. I was in there so much that they knew me by my first name I was always in there reading labels and trying different products um so that like I said snowballed into the beauty blog which became my YouTube channel mm -hmm. and the rest is history. <laughs> I'm curious a little bit about Miss Maven. Yeah. Um, because I feel like there's a lot of people in this space where they start a creative project and they don't know when to either rebrand it or yeah. stop it because they're scared of like, maybe it was a failure. Was this a yeah. waste of time? Sure. Can you talk a little bit about when you decided to start it and then what led you to actually ending it? Sure. So I was like fresh out of my master's degree uh, when I started MissMaven.com. I was acting at the same time and getting booking national commercials, that was kind of keeping me afloat. Well, I was like, let me just start this brand new thing yeah. now that I have a master's degree and not doing anything with it. <laughs> what did you go for? Um, communication management. Okay, It was great. I mean, I'm using everything yeah, yeah. now. You're using it all now. I'm using it all, it all now. It all links. <laughs> but it was just funny to tell my parents, like, hey, I'm not going to get a job right now. <laughs> you're like, but also, if the parents are seeing, like, you're booking stuff, they're like, sure, all right, sure. she's not living on the street. hundred percent, yeah. She's just fine. For sure. And I lived with my parents, okay. too. Like, I didn't, I had that luxury of not having to pay rent and everything. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely a, a blessing to have that while I was working my way up. Um, but where was I? Um, oh, Miss Maven, yeah. So at the time, it made perfect sense for me. It was like the beauty maven you know like yeah. i knew uh, so much about makeup and skincare and everything so um and it that alliteration was like memorable people yeah. still to this year were like we Ms. know maven. you from miss maven yeah. um at a certain point though it just started to sound and feel a little juvenile like i felt like i'd outgrown it so and also with the advent of youtube instagram now TikTok, um i feel like people are paying far less attention to blogs uh-huh so I can only spread myself so thin, especially now with the brand too. Um, I I said, you know what? We're not going to blog anymore. We're not going to blog. I think I left it about three or four years ago, um, officially. I had started to already like post mm -hmm. fewer and fewer posts. Um, and then I was like, I got to really focus on my YouTube and my Instagram. And now, of course, TikTok. But funny enough, everything is cyclical, I think. So I'm kind of coming right back around to, I miss writing. Mm -hmm. I miss writing. So just a very simple tennyfinocian.com. Just like a journal, like a journal that I'm sharing with everybody. No crazy branding, no, you know, bells and whistles, just like a platform for me to, you know, cause everything's so photo and video now. It's mm -hmm. like, let me be entertained. Yeah. What about just going back to read? And I kind of teased it on my Instagram stories and people were like, 
I would love. Yeah. I would love to go back to reading a blog. Yeah. Like it just, I crave it. So that was a nice little response to get. So again, it's, it's something that if you feel like you've outgrown it, fine, leave it. Mm -hmm. But if you feel like, you know, coming right back around to it, why not? Okay. So what is now? So are you just writing? Is it kind of like your day-to-day -day diary or your thoughts? Everything. Like I put some, and I actually haven't even announced it yet. I guess that was the official okay. I feel like I've craved that too. I used to read blogs literally yes. all the time, mm -hmm. like, and so many different fashion bloggers and how they linked things. Yeah. And I almost miss that yeah. because it's cool to see like people's thoughts and how you read it in their voice. Exactly. Like I love Mel Robbins and being mm -hmm. able to hear her on the podcast and then read what she wrote. You can like hear their voice exactly. as they're like the way that they like fluctuate different words. And I think it's, I don't know, when you know them, it's way more personal. Exactly. And I think that's what people are craving. You're, you're probably not alone in that. I think a lot of people are missing that blog element. So I put like a recipe up there. I put, um, of course, stuff about Monday Born. Um, what else is on there? Uh, books, like books that I'm reading, just mm -hmm. sharing, sharing everything that is compelling to me. So I yeah. figure it might be compelling to somebody else too. That's amazing. Yeah. So for you, for everyone who's like wanting to start a YouTube, yeah. I want to dive into all things YouTube. Sure. So let's talk about like your journey and like some bumps in the road that you yeah. had with YouTube. Was there moments where you're like, why the hell am I doing this? Because I feel like every YouTuber has had that. Yeah. And I just want to talk about like your whole thought process now moving into YouTube because you're not posting as consistently no. as you were mm -hmm. like a few years ago. But again cyclical you know yeah. I, we're coming right back around to people want long form again they're mm -hmm. tired of how much can you possibly convey in four seconds it literally it's like boom 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 and it's like somebody's audio that's like two million views and you're like exactly. what is going on at here? some point we're going to tire of that too and we're going to crave again the longer form content which obviously is more is more work for the creator it's more work more of an investment for the per person watching it's their time yeah but i do think there's definitely space for that because again how much longer can we do seven second videos yeah and too i mean i think it's really interesting i feel like people are starting to more like crave depending on who they're following on tiktok yeah like having that avenue to go to either like the instagram yeah. the youtube mm -hmm. the blog so they get more of you sure i think almost tiktok is like the gateway for them to be invested i 100 percent agree which is like what i've seen even with creators i'm like all right so this is they're really interesting mm -hmm. like they might edit a certain <clears throat> way there's this girl name i think it's claire pierce and the way she edits is very intriguing uh -huh. um, it's super quick but it's like daily vlogs and they're very like normalized it's her going on her walk she works like a corporate job Great. and all the things but then you want to know more about her. She doesn't really talk a lot in her videos. Sure. So I've gone and watched her YouTube that's like more long form. And I think it's almost in a sense like with TV mm -hmm. going down, people are like, okay, I kind of want to watch like a TV show in a sense, sure. which is why I see like vlogs almost like going back up. I, it's almost like your own mini reality show. Yeah. Right? So. What would be your tips for people who are starting who want to vlog sure. on YouTube? Um, you know, I think a lot of times people look at YouTube and think that they have to fit themselves into a certain box to be relatable or to be, you know, to be able to attract or to have that clickbait uh, thumbnail for people to watch. Um, I, I really strongly advise everybody just be exactly who you are because there are going to be, be people who relate to that. You don't have to force being something in order for people to relate who who you, I think that's what social media is teaching us 
just exactly who you are is enough to connect with people. Mm -hmm. Um, So just whatever it is you're doing, share it and share authentically. I think people have become really good at sensing um, staged, you know, anything Mm -hmm. staged or anything fake. Um, And they're more than ever, I think everybody is craving authenticity. So the more authentically you can convey your, either it's your art or you really just want to share your day-to-day recipes, um, something, whatever you're passionate about, um, share that. Gardening, whatever your passion is, we've seen from TikTok. Mm -hmm. There's so many niche channels out there and they're blowing up. So you know people are interested in woodwork, whatever it is, people are interested in it. So the, the most fluid way for someone to get into it is just to really authentically share your life and your art and that's it do you think that there's certain things that you like any type of formula like do you really think that you need to be posting once a week do you think that it needs to be like a certain video length do you any kind of like recipe that you could give to people to kind of have a baseline sure one thing i've noticed is you know people who again really i hate saying this because so, so many people say it but really focus in on one category and develop a channel, a story around that, um, their their viewerships just seems to be so much stronger and so much mm-hmm. more invested because they know why they're coming to you yeah. as opposed to, you know, and I'm guilty of this, is just throwing up random content. Um, it, they, they, they're less likely to know what they're expecting. So yeah. they're not quite as invested. They may just watch the first few seconds and like, Bounce you know, around. Exactly. So if they know what to expect, if they, if you have a like Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, you know, they know exactly when to expect a video from you. <clears throat> that formula, I think, is probably the best shot at growing um, an audience. What do you think for like vlogging content? Is there anything that you feel like really sets like certain vlogs apart from like other ones? You know, my, it's funny because my vlogs, even my vlogs when I was doing them, I, I love editing. Mm-hmm. I love, you know, choreographing my videos to music, you know, and, and it's just, for me, it's more compelling to watch. But then we started to see over time that people just really wanted to see more raw, you know, mm-hmm. raw yeah. editing, not, not so curated. Um, but again, it goes back to authentic- authenticity is just sharing as opposed to like staging certain things to vlog, just sharing it authentically, talking about diving into things like mental health struggles or um, family stuff. I know it's difficult to talk about. I'm you know, I've shared a little bit that's been very, very hard for me to share, but the response has been so great because people mm-hmm. just, again, people just want to connect. Yeah. You know, that's it. And too, I think it's very easy. Like, I think it's great to be able to hop to YouTube because it feels a little bit more removed than a lot of the other platforms. Yeah, I feel like, um, to be able to relate to someone, like you said, even like sharing a playlist mm-hmm. that someone connected sure. to or something else that they could actually use like tangibly in their everyday if they're going through something I was um, talking with someone who is going to be like my YouTube mentor in a sense, who's works with like one of the biggest YouTubers and she's freaking amazing. But um, one of her friends told me, she was like, think about your channel as something to where you want to invoke an an emotion Mm -hmm. in someone like Mm -hmm. really each video. Do you want to like inspire them? Are they coming here to be entertained? Like, for example, um, Peyton Sartin, I don't know if you know who that is, but Mm -hmm. she creates like very aesthetic videos that make you like very calm when you're watching them. And if you're trying to really like think about how am I curating this in a sense with like still being real, I yeah. feel like obviously I haven't done it yet, but what I've seen is that's when they've been Absolutely. the most successful. Yeah. It's funny you say you talk about relaxing. Um, even just 
through makeup tutorials. I've had people come to my channel saying, wow, your voice is so soothing. It's not <laughs> They're not even interested in the makeup tutorial. They just come to watch just to hear. Yeah. And I feel like too on TikTok, you'll see like, and that's what I'm kind of like watch too is everyone's comments yeah. like they're like oh my gosh your voice is so like either they watch it because it's very similar to like mm -hmm. a kardashian uh, or like somebody else that they've heard or they're like you're just like pitch and the way you talk right. is like very soothing like there's this one girl who's crazy monotone has like <laughs> no inflection in her voice she's like i'm super happy <laughs> and, like, and all it. the comments that are like this sounds so weird but like we love that so I think, I mean, it's very interesting. I think you can learn a lot about like people's pattern and behavior totally. through like comments on YouTube yeah. and also comments on TikTok. Oh yeah. And and the comments on YouTube are going to be very different from the comments on TikTok. Yeah. I find TikTok to be a very supportive community. I know a lot of people say that people are like really mean on there and they mm -hmm. give mean comments. And I get that. I've seen that here and there, but I just find it to be so much more of a, I don't know, a nurturing environment, a supportive environment than the other platforms. Yeah. I feel like too, I think it's really interesting TikTok. I think just people are having more fun. Absolutely. And people love to see that. Mm -hmm. And so even like I had, for example, I ordered a whole bunch of dupe stuff off mm -hmm. of DHgate. And I didn't realize that when I ordered like these fake Balenciaga sunglasses, it was actually <laughs> like a pack of 12. And so I put on TikTok and I was like, all right, so what am I going to do with these like pack of 12? I had hundreds of people messaging being like, can I buy them off of you? Oh, how funny. And it was wild. It only got like 12K views. But I was like, how interesting that like people, I could have posted that on Instagram and maybe people, a few people would have responded. Sure. But I think people are just like craving that, which is what we've been talking about. And TikTok, if I'm honest, sort of reinvigorated my position as a creator because as someone who's been here from the beginning, mm -hmm. there's a level of, you know, phases of exhaustion and ready to throw in the <laughs> towel and yeah, like yeah, we're, we're done, we're done. Yeah. um but uh tiktok just kind of reset for me because i really went into it not really expecting much just having fun mm -hmm. and sort of like being somebody else on there yeah you know you don't have to be who you are on the other platforms maybe i don't want to keep doing makeup content um maybe i you know just want to talk about other things and and that's what I've done with my TikTok and it's been like I said it's it just reignited my love for content what do you feel like on the platform so like TikTok so what are exactly do you feel like you're doing different on TikTok first of all raw okay I'm not used to doing raw content I am very used to you know like I said editing to music and mm -hmm. uh you know, lights, camera, actually, I have a whole studio on the third level of my house. Yes. You know, I love to create the really beautiful videos, but, um, you know, TikTok kind of forced me to just focus on me and what I have to say. And I noticed that the videos where I'm just kind of giving advice do the best on TikTok. Um, even the makeup stuff doesn't do quite as well, but mm -hmm. then I, you know, sit and talk about, you know, the the dangers of getting filler or, yeah. you know, things like that. Or, or if I talk about my journey, you know, as an immigrant, um, came from a family that was like working class and we didn't have money like that to now owning two homes. Like when I talk about stuff like that, people are way invested as opposed to like, here's my winged liner. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, All right, here we go. Use a makeup wipe. <laughs> right. But I also think that's so interesting. I feel like people love a success story on there too, but then they also love to see like the pitfalls. Of course. What have been some of your pitfalls that have happened like in your career? Man, um, well, I mean, let's just take TikTok for an example, you know. When I was doing YouTube and obviously Instagram, there was a time where there was just 
a handful. And when I say a handful, I mean like maybe a hundred to 200 people that were like pretty well known in, in the, especially in the beauty space. Now with TikTok, I mean, crazy, so many, it's, it's wild. So obviously that makes you feel a little bit like it has been, you know, like, Uh okay, maybe I'm done. So that's definitely one pitfall. Um, I know that that's not the case for me. That was just my ego Mm -hmm. talking because I know that as someone maturing in this industry from 10 years ago, um, I'm always going to have something valuable for people to relate to, to, um, be inspired by, to connect with, um, just even Monday born launching Monday born. That's an entirely different chapter of my life. You Mm -hmm. know, uh, one day maybe having a family will also be a different chapter. So I think just maintaining what I've been doing is, is, is good, but it's, you know, things like TikTok, for example, they, and like so many people blowing up from it. That's, that's a wrench that we did not expect. No, you know? <laughs> something like full blown curveball. Totally. You yeah. know, and it's okay. It's great. It's good for everybody to have an opportunity to, mm-hmm. you know, have their chance and to display their art and everything. Um, it's just, you have to be fluid enough to move. with everything. That's just it. And I think that that's what makes it hard because if you're used to, and I would love to kind of talk about like your creative process, because I heard on another podcast, you were talking about, you do everything. You do the editing. You do like, you do the full blown. (laughs) I can't imagine. (laughs) I don't choose like, holy shit. I want to talk about the process of you like coming up with a conceptual idea and get the listeners like inside your head. Even if it's like chaos, like on how you come up with an idea and then how you execute. Sure. Me, that's super fucking interesting. Yeah. I just, I love the process. I'm going to take uh, my partnership with YSL as an example. Because okay. those are the videos I personally love to do the most. Those are like, those turn me on the most. It's, it's, <laughs> and the way that those concepts come about is I hear a piece of music. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it happens in my head. This entire video executes in my head just because I heard a piece of music. So then my task is to take that piece of music, get into my studio and recreate what I saw in here. Okay. So really for me, music is like the catalyst for any piece of content that I create that isn't just me talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything that's visual, it always starts with music for me. I don't know why. It's just, that's my process. But, um, and a lot of times I'll have an idea, even with Monday Born, if I'm creating a launch video, um, I'll see something in my head and I'll be like, no, there's no way you can do that. Come on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How would you ever execute that? You know, you don't even know how. And then I get up to my studio and I'm just there for hours. And then by the end of the day, I'm on my computer editing exactly what I saw in my head. Interesting. Okay. So you don't necessarily write anything down and you don't talk to anybody about it. It's all very internal. I don't talk to anyone. I don't storyboard. I mean, here and there I might, if it's something super, super complicated, but for the most part, I, I see it in my head. I see everything happening. Uh, and it, again, it's just a matter of executing. Like I'll get up to my studio. I'll get a C stand up. How do I get, how do I get the effect of water rippling on my face? Okay. So let's grab this reflective piece. Let's gr- pin it up and see. <laughs> so it'll be me going like this, <laughs> getting in front of camera, <laughs> like just waving it yeah. so that it's rippling. And the, I could have help. I could, uh-huh. but I really honestly work really well on my own. 
That's so interesting. Yeah. I love that you're like a one woman show. So where did you learn all of these things? Is this Skillshare? Is this for someone who's like, hey, you know what? Maybe I don't have the money right yeah. now to hire help, which is a lot of people. Sure. Yeah. Or they're like, I do want to learn all of this and be a one one woman show. Uh, am I am I older? Do I not know what Skillshare is? What is that? Oh no, that's you are not old. Uh, uh, no. Okay, so is like, that like a new thing? You know, I don't know what like that means. Skillshare is like same as like Masterclass essentially. Oh, okay. It's like, it's like a platform you can go on, Ooh. and I have like everybody on there from my team okay go on and learn anything that they want to learn because I feel like in this day and age with like okay people can go to college and spend a hundred thousand dollars yada 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 but if you want to just like learn how to edit a video in Adobe or you want to learn like how to do graphic design or like curl your hair or like whatever it's kind of like YouTube but I think so almost like step by step of each individual thing where they'll show you on the screen. Okay. They'll make everything like map it out. You can go to certain sections. It's like, think of like very in-depth tutorials. I love that. For everything. I was doing um, this, I think it was called new media training or something like that, where I screen shared with a professional who taught Mm -hmm. me how to use Premiere. That's the only thing I've gotten training on is Premiere and I think After Effects. I don't know why I wanted to make explosions or something in my videos. (laughs) She's like, Monday born, boom. I don't yeah. know. It just seemed like a skill I wanted to, to collect. But um, yeah, it, it, most everything, honestly, I've learned on my own. I even, back when I was Maven, mm-hmm. I wanted to make changes to the site. I sat there and learned HTML code. I did too, which is so like, interesting. What? I wanted to launch a blog and I did like, uh, I think it was a Wix site, which is very like dry and Wix, drop. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I know nothing about computers, but it's a very like, we're going to just do it. Yeah, so yeah. I sat down and was like, hey, I'm blocking off. I'm turning off my phone. Yeah. We're just going to fucking figure it yeah. out. And next thing you know, it's four in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, this baby's ready to go. Yeah. But I mean, it's very like, it is. So are you a Google person? Are you a book person? Where do you go when you don't know how, how the fuck to do something? Yeah, Google usually. Um, but again, computers and stuff, anything that deals with software, electronics, I've dealt with enough of them in my life to troubleshoot on my own yes Mm -hmm. I will google if I need it but for example my studio right Mm -hmm. I have god how many pieces of equipment in there between lighting cameras lenses uh stands backgrounds everything all of that stuff I just over time accumulated little by little and then now it became like this huge collection of I mean you could really go in there and shoot anything like a you know like a TV grade commercial right now. I have, wow. I have that many things in there. I have everything but a red in there, <laughs> you know? So um, I don't know. It's just like, a, I'd rather, like, people are like, oh, bags, shoes. I'm like, no, lenses and like, boxers, <laughs> you know? Like, you know? That's amazing. What would you think someone would need for a starter studio? What would be like your five key pieces okay. that you think if someone was like, all right, I don't have a ton of money, sure. but I'm headed to Amazon? Yeah. Like, what should they get? And what, what what type of content are we aiming to? Because that makes a difference. I would say probably just because I feel like of how the world is turning, mm-hmm. I could see a lot of people listening to this who either are aspiring influencer mm-hmm. or they're creating like user-generated content for brands. Okay. So UGC is pretty specific. Brands, you know, you, you want to be able to create everything from the really raw, you know, very off-the-cuff kind of content to the more, you know... Brands sometimes want a little bit more polished, a little more curated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do suggest a DSLR. Okay. I do think, you have a kind that you love? I like the Canon 5D. Okay. The Mark, I have the Mark IV. 24 to 70 millimeter lens. I love a good macro lens, 100 millimeter macro lens. Um, just to have the option of doing, especially if you're doing UGC, mm-hmm. the really close-up texture shots, macro shots are really, really nice for that. Um, a good mic, 
and it doesn't have to be great. Like a road is great. Okay. Um, We're going to write this all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in case anyone was everyone's in the background, we're like, you know, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it, it connects to a receiver. So you have an SD card in that. You have an SD card in your camera and then you sync them up when you edit. Um, something like Final Cut Pro is a great uh, editing software. It's a couple hundred bucks. Um, backgrounds, if you want to do seamless backgrounds, you know, you mm -hmm. get a little stand with the rolls of paper. Um, and then some reflectors. All of this is like everything, like the piece of lighting that I have in my in my the one that I use is like eight thousand dollars. Okay, gotcha. I mean that was a big investment for me, and that was the yeah. lighting piece that I'd always wanted. So not necessarily that, um, yeah. but you could like soft boxes are great. Natural light is fantastic. It's the most flattering. Um, soft boxes sort of mimic the natural light, mm -hmm. um, but they're more consistent. The sun's not going to move. Um, so th that's that's kind of like a good starting point if you want to really get into. And the thing is, I go to Michael's and I yeah. and I grab like textured paper and stuff. You can do a lot. You can grab like a string of gems from again, like you would make a necklace out of them from Michael's or yeah. Joanne's fabrics, whatever. And if you wave that across a lens, it's gonna create these like cool, sort of like prismatic patterns over whatever you're shooting. You know, just you have to be willing to experiment yeah and not just be super like by the book about everything if you saw how i got from what i was shooting in my studio to some of the content you've seen on my page you'd be like there's no way that's how you got that you should show that yeah you know, I've, wanted, I've, wanted, I've thought about doing that we do so we've done stuff for like eight other stories and i'll show you we've done some stuff for i will link this in the podcast for you guys to see <laughs> um we've done some stuff for let me grab it and you would be surprised, like, what this actually was. Like, we've I love seeing stuff like this. I do, too. God, is it on our Instagram? Like, the backgrounds. We did this for the beauty blender. Beautiful. And, like, just, like, weird-ass things that we've used. See? Like, that you would never think. Or, like, for example, obviously, we shot all of these individually. Mm -hmm. This was for Rare Beauty. And we, like, essentially copied and pasted them. Like... I mean, a lot of people don't really know, or like, for example, we did this for a company and they wanted That's something funny. super specific. So there's freaking strings holding this up and like a person behind there, like pulling the side. I love that. So, and we've shown for, what was the one that was crazy? Oh, for, and other stories. We like showed the beginning to end. They look nothing alike. Mm -hmm. Like the amount of like colors you can change, the shadows and all of that. And I think people don't really understand like, it's not, it's not the end image. Like no, when no, you no. take it, there's hours upon hours of editing. And this yep. is why photographers get paid thousands and thousands yes. of dollars because it's all those little details. Yep. And, and that's, again, I'm not someone who went to school for this. I really just had such a passion for it that I sat down and learned it. And now I could produce content for a brand that they would otherwise, you know, I got to tell this story. This is, this is a, and I won't, I won't mention the brand. Not that it's, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying anything bad about them. It's just, it's really uh, to show the contrast of like my content on my own versus yeah. a 25% crew. So they wanted to shoot at my house and it was partly for holiday and partly for me to post as well as like a okay. partnership. Yeah, yeah. And I love the brand and they were like, we're going to have a crew of 25. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, great. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. You can pull in through the side, whatever. And so it was a whole production. Like I was doing a commercial, like, mm -hmm. a, you know, my, my, my other gig, um, and so they left and then the campaign came out and I was like, this is stunning. It's beautiful. But I probably could have done this for a fraction of the cost with one other person. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So my point is, you know, again, it, 
I don't want to take a job away from anybody. He's like, you're fired. (laughs) But it's just, you know, if you are thinking about doing UGC for brands, I I do encourage, you know, really investing in it because brands will pay a lot less to an influencer who can get that job done, beautiful content, and not have to pay an entire production company over $100,000 to get it done. Yeah, well, and to even, like, stuff with, like, usage and all these things that, like... Um, I've just like heard we work with this brand that's a Johnson and Johnson company and the way that they go throughout like the shooting and all these things that really don't freaking matter. Like there's so Mm -hmm. many of these extra things that I think a lot of these big brands like tack on and you're like, if you didn't do this, the process and the ideas would be so much easier, Mm -hmm. which is like, sometimes it is a lot easier to just shoot with one or two people come in and have ideas or examples or whatever you want to do and just freaking play. Exactly. Because you end up getting like the coolest stuff. I just think, you know, and maybe not so much anymore. I think, you know, it might have been like pulling teeth, but um, brands just are in such a, a routine. This is how we do things. A lot of them are still very traditional in the way they approach marketing and advertising. But I think, again, with TikTok, I'm sure that's at least by now it has changed. It has changed. And they're realizing that a lot of brands who thought they were like on the top are realizing like, wow, we have to bring in people because we're dinosaurs at this point. Or we don't have like a necessarily a strategy here. And we're just like throwing random stuff up like we did with Instagram where we could post 50 influencers on our page. You can't really do that with TikTok. You can't. It's the comparison between like the dinosaur brands like you just said and like an indie brand where... The dinosaur brands, the heritage brands, you know, they have so many levels of approvals and legal and this and that to go through. I'm like rolling my eyes because I'm like, if some of it does make sense, but sure. then some of it, you're like, what are you guys doing? You just added like eight extra positions at your company just to yes. say that you have like brand marketing manager executive. Right. And you're like, this has no purpose. Absolutely. And the difference between that and an indie brand who maybe has a team of four to six people working together they work much more efficiently and faster. Yeah. Like if you have a change, like for example, a change that you need in the product, like mm-hmm. you guys do, yeah. um, that gets through a lot quicker and you actually make the changes instead right. of going through like an entire supply chain of people yes. to ask if you could do the changes. Exactly. It doesn't happen for four years. Woo. Listen, That's just listen. like you are, <laughs> you are absolutely right. And it just, it, it makes me breathe a sigh of relief that you know, sometimes it does get difficult being like, wow, this, I'm like kind of on my own here with my partners and like really just, it's hard. It's hard doing this without like a big team of people. But at the same time, the advantages I think really outweigh the, the disadvantages. And then bringing in the right people mm-hmm. and like the right yeah. hires and the people that have like your mentality who yeah. can actually grow with the brand, sure. who's not necessarily using this as like a stepping stone right. to like their next area. Oh God, that's hard hires. Oh, it is. You're like, oh. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I need a shot of tequila after that one. Can we, because we've talked a little bit about Monday morning, yeah. but I want you to dive into like how that happened from you, like closing Miss Maven yeah. to then coming up with this brand. Like what was the inspo behind it? Was there a music moment or was there like an aha moment that you're like, holy shit, I need to do this? It, it really, I mean, so I knew I'd go into product eventually. I had people ask me all the time, when are you starting your makeup line? And I was like, Makeup line? I I mean, I love makeup, but Mm -hmm. six days out of the week, I'm makeup free. I mean, I put this on for you today. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I normally, I just, I like to be makeup free and I like to focus on skin because 
if the skin is good, you have the option. You mm-hmm. can do a full face or you can go bare and just wear some SPF. Um, so I knew it was going to be skin and not color, at least for now. Um, and I just knew I wanted to do it differently. And it was, it wasn't until I met my partners, um, in 2019 where I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Now I think we can offer something different. I mean, cause there's so many brands, so many influencer brands. Are we really going to do the same song and dance over yeah. again? No. I mean, I really want, I really came on to the, the product space with, a, I mean, a revolutionary model for one drop model has not happened in beauty. It's pretty common in like sneaker culture. For example, yeah. people wait for the drops and everything, mm-hmm. but it makes so much sense for skincare because efficacy, you know, mm-hmm. you do like a hundred thousand purchase order and it goes to the retailers and sometimes it sits there for more than a year. That's a year of shelf life. Yeah. You know, and I've had people even DM me and say, it's crazy you're talking about this because a brand has actually sent me expired product. Yeah, and that's what I was telling her before this. So I was working with a, um, it was number seven, and they have a very, like, very reasonable price point. Sure. And they're like, hey, we want to work with you. Um, I just did a sponsored post for them. They sent me um, their vitamin C serum, and I had, um, I'm just going to say, a drunk elephant. Yeah. And it, I think it's over $100 per bottle. And I pumped it out, and it was literally dark brown, and theirs was like a very like light white color. Which it should be. And I compared both of them, and I was like, this is insane. Yeah. And I watched a girl on TikTok, actually, who was talking about the amount of expired product that you actually have in your shelf, even like, for example, um, I work with a spray tanner who does like all the celebs love Brittany. She's been on the pod. Um, and she was talking about all the expired tanning product that's out there. And that if you pump it out and it is green, it is expired. Like, especially the foam. Yeah. And she's like, that is actually like, it'll give you a funky color, like all of this stuff. But I've bought so many tanning products that have that green color. So when she's really talking about shelf life, that is huge and not a lot of like, I just don't feel like a lot of people know. They just buy a product and assume that it's going to work because right. it has a brand name like stamped on it. Exactly. And I think, you know, many, there's so much that goes into that. I mean, a brand for, for us, for example, our formulation costs more than our packaging, which is pretty rare for brands. Brands usually put a lot into making luxe packaging to make it look really pretty. Mm-hmm. And that's part of their marketing. That's yeah. part of their offering to people. And some people like that. They want really pretty packaging on their on their counter. Um, but for us, you know, it's it's really about like the ingredients. And, yeah. and the I was telling them off camera that, you know, one of our products, we removed water and we replaced it with birch juice. You don't normally see that. The first ingredient usually in skincare is going to be water um, because it's cheap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it didn't affect our price point. We still kept it at a reasonable price point. But again, efficacy really, really gets, especially when you're talking about skincare, the stuff you're putting on your face. And that's getting like into your skin, like into your pores. Like there's just so much. And I feel like I know a lot less than she does, but like literally, I mean, there's, it's, it's insane. And like what's seeping into your pores that can cause, like, I was reading about like its effects on like dementia and all these things of like, all the things that can come from like skincare products yeah. go into your bloodstream and yeah. like cause these crazy long-term effects. I mean, it is an organ. We forget, yeah. but that's wild. Anyway, so, you know, the, the the drop model allows us to open a drop for a certain time. Um, during that time, we collect the orders. Once we get close to the end of the drop, we estimate what number we're going to land on. Mm-hmm. And uh, we communicate with our lab. They send it over and we get it out to our customers. And so these products have been out of the lab anywhere from about three to five, maybe six months. 
Um, so this is not something that's been sitting in a warehouse for like two years. So and know? what can you tell them? Cause they, they definitely probably don't know if you guys do like all power to you. Love that. <laughs> What's typical for like a huge big rocks brand for them to like make product and for it to sit somewhere. Is You're talking a, about time, period of time that yeah. it sits. It can be, I mean, I don't, I mean, it, something could go viral on TikTok and then become sold out everywhere. But typically, I mean, I, I think that when it goes to the different retailers, when it sits in your, you know, D to C uh, stock room, it's usually, I think, more than a year, That's at least, crazy. at least. Um, yeah, it's, it's, again, makeup is one thing. You shouldn't use expired makeup either. Mm -hmm. But um, skincare, which is something that you're actually expecting to improve your skin, to have a positive impact. Like you said, the, the vitamin C that was brown. Um, vitamin C should be in an airtight container. You know, it shouldn't be in like a dropper. I've had that myself where I open mm -hmm. it and it's like a pale yellow. And then like yeah. the next time I open it, it's like brown. Like, and what? you're like, what's going on here? Yeah. And then, and then sometimes too, it, we're really getting detailed here, but there's different forms of vitamin C. L-ascorbic acid is the most, it's like the gold standard in vitamin C. It's the hardest one to keep stable, which is why we put it in a stick. It's a patent pending formula. There's no water in it. There's no cream. Water oxidizes it. Air oxidizes it. Um, so other types of vitamin C, which may not oxidize, may not quite be as effective either. So there's a lot to consider in yeah, that regard. Yeah, a lot. Lot, to, lot to consider. And then outside of, um, you know, freshest batch of product possible, we invite our community into. Yeah. I want to hear like, cause I've heard a little bit, but yeah. I want you to share with the audience just yeah. about like how you're very like community focused mm -hmm. and forward versus yeah. like, I feel like you put the community way before you put the product. Yeah. And you know, I think there's a lot of brands out there that are community focused and that's great. Um, I don't even like to say community focused because you know, I come from a space where I was creating content for people, you know, connecting with an audience mm -hmm. just based off of the videos that I was creating, answering questions, uh, talking in DMs. Um, so for me, it only made sense to, you know, not be like a brand that's so detached from the consumer, but to do this together. I mean, this is not just like, oh, we put our community first. We're actually doing this together. So the way we're doing that is the Monday Born Experience. This is the first of its kind. Uh, we started it with Source, our second product in 2020, and um, we basically put out a form for people to fill in their complexion, age group, skin type, everything. Um, and we chose a well-rounded group. And when we got the lab samples, they got the lab samples. So they were testing the lab samples out right along with us, gave them a little time to test it out, hopped on a Zoom call, however many times we needed to do it. We got on a Zoom call, got everybody's feedback, and we actually decided on the final formulation together. Um, what you used some app that you were saying too? I thought it started with a B, where you like, Google. yeah, Google. Can you talk about that? Sure. And like, what exactly is in there? Yeah. And how maybe like other brands could use this? Sure. So Bubble is is technically, and they don't like to call it an incubator, but they are like uh, the umbrella company for Monday Born. They are sort of the parent of Monday Born. Um, my co-founders for Monday Born are the founders of Bubble. Okay, gotcha. Yes. That makes sense. So, um, and they've launched BBX. They've launched, um, they just um, uh, launched, or they just announced with Abby Herbert. Um, they uh, launched with um, another brand as well. So they're they're starting to launch more brands together as well. Um, but Bubble was a place where we could chat kind of like AIM style, like back mm -hmm. in the day. No, I love it. <laughs> you know, we, we you have questions, you want to, you know, want to know what the 
where we are in the formulation process. You want to help us choose between A and B for the packaging. Um, it was just a space for us to talk, you know, and 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 chat similarly to how we do it on social media, just in a little more old school. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. So when they're on there too, you're really using like all of these people to help you decide the packaging, yeah. help you decide the formula. Mm-hmm. What were some things that you noticed in like your first or second round were things that were unexpected that you saw from the community? Wow. Um, one thing is a lot of people are sensitive to coconut derivative. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And coconut, especially in indie brands, you know, trying to keep it clean, mm-hmm. uh, it's used widely used the capital glycol, capric triglyceride. Um, but yeah, a lot of people are sensitive to it and can't use products that have coconut derivative in it. So when we were doing our Monday Born experience for Source, everybody was like, I love it. I love it. I love it. And we had one girl who was like, I'm getting like white hats. I'm getting breakouts. And I was like, well, we can't have that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk. So we went to our lab and I and, and I just talked with her individually. I said, is there anything you're sensitive to? Like what? And then I was like, are you sensitive to coconut? She's like, yeah, very. And I was like, oh. so we went back to our lab. We said, hey, what can you do to replace this? So there's capric triglyceride and capilloglycol in there, but they're synthetic. Okay. Yeah. So they are not coconut derivatives. And when I talked about that on um, on Instagram, so many people were like, oh my God, I'm sensitive to coconut and I'm, I'm, I have such a hard time finding products. So we just said, you know what? This is going to be a thing for us. We're just not mm-hmm. going to include coconut in our product range. So how many people do you think you need to make this effective? Is it just all the different types of people, types of skin tone, yes. background? Like what would be like your perfect formula? Um, so perfect formula would be different age groups for one. Um, different age groups, different like skin concerns. Are you dry? Are you oily? That for sure. Um, complexions for sure. You know, is this going to work as well on a black woman that it would on someone who's fair? Um especially like our vitamin C stick, like because mm-hmm. it's it's white. Is it going to leave anything on the skin? It didn't. Great. Um, so it really is an age group, I think, is is really important too. My, my mom was in one of the Monday morning experiences. She's 61 now, 61. And, um, you know, the seven, she raves about it. And that's the seven is so much about healthy aging that I was like, we need someone much more mature mm-hmm. in this group. Um, so, yeah, again, well-rounded group is about – Anywhere from eight to 12 people. Okay. Yeah. And you feel like that's good. And yeah. you're doing that for like your next products. Do you use different people each time or do you keep the oh, same yes. people? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So then you do. So if people wanted like right now yeah. to like become part of the Monday morning experience, could they? Yes. So we're not formulating uh, our next product just yet. Okay. But once we do, we make that announcement. I'm like, hey guys, <laughs> go to this Google form and uh, fill out your information. And it's, and I'm, I'm the one, I, I go into the spreadsheet and I look at everybody. I'm like, man, I really wish I could include everybody in here because, ah, uh, they want to do it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's amazing though, yeah. that you have so many different types of people yeah. that want to be a part of the community yeah. and like also test product, yeah. which is super cool. Cause I don't think unless you've had like a beauty background or you've been doing this, a lot of people will never get the chance to actually do that. No. And then their names are printed on the box. Yeah. So every box will have their name names. on it made in collaboration with our community. And then it says their names. That's really cute. Yeah, that. I that. That's amazing. <laughs> You'll see it on the product. Yes, that's so cute. Okay. So what do you, what's your dream? Like, what do you want at the end of like, not the end of Monday Born, but like, how do you see Monday Born in like five to six years? I would love for Monday Born to become a whole life brand. Um, I do plan to expand past skincare, um, just whole wellness, you know, and that's, that's something that I think we're everyone's so focused on right now. And 
everything that's happened in the last few years, I think everyone's just kind of refocused on how do I feel, mm-hmm. you know, qu- the, the, the definition of quality of life has sort of changed now. A and, you know, a lot of it is about taking care of yourself and wellness and indulging in, you know, self-care. Um, so I would love for Monday Born to become a whole, whole life care. I'd love to know a little bit about your like wellness and health journey yeah. because I heard that you're into biohacking yes, and like red light therapy. Yeah. So I'd love to kind of talk about like just your whole process on like when you started and like what you've now gotten into. Yeah. So I mean, I've picked up like little habits here and there. The red light was, I mean, that was the best addition to my home because it's right there in the next room and I can go to, it's funny because I, I turn it on and I actually went out to my yard one time and I looked through the window mm-hmm. and it's just all red. And I was like, my neighbors are going to think this is some satanic. Like, yeah, they're like, or like a <laughs> like, sex dungeon or like God? something. It's yeah. just red. Like, <laughs> do you use what what kind do you use? Um, it's by um, M-Tech. It's an electromagnetic revolution. It's a fantastic machine. It's like this tall. Um, and it's just, I love it. I love, I love that. I love like Sage, um, Mm -hmm. with their aromatherapy, Vitruvi. I love, I love aromatherapy. I think it really is such a, like a sense, sensory is a big thing for me. I sleep to like frequencies. Okay. So interesting. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. I have like, I, we got a whole bunch of just like essential oils Mm -hmm. and like when I have a headache instead of reaching for like a bottle of Advil, I've been doing like peppermint or eucalyptus Mm -hmm. and I noticed like sometimes that shit burns if you like. Oh, do you put on your skin? Okay. I started the first time. Yeah. I literally once was like, "Hmm, temples, my eyes. I was like running to the bathroom. I was like, worst decision ever. Well, it depends because you know, there's essential oils for skin Mm -hmm. and there's essential oils for the, the. Diffuser. Oh, they're diffuser. Yeah, yeah so yeah. the diffuser one, never put that on your skin. But the other ones are, are formulated for skin, so you should be able to okay. come on. What are your favorite ones? Um, So Sage. I love Sage. They have one called um, Unwind. I love Vitruvi. Oh, my gosh. They have the Sweet Orange, which is the most energy – I mean, the most beautiful smell. I love, love, love it. But my diffuser is from Sage, and I use a lot of their stuff. Um. And then also like things like Shilajit. Have you heard of Shilajit? No. Ayurvedic um, origin. And uh, it's basically, okay, I, I might be saying this wrong, but it's like decomposed plants on in the Himalayas that have just like melted into the rocks. Oh, that, so interesting. Yeah, and it's, it's a resin that I just melt into water um, and I drink it. And it tastes very smoky and like very earthy. Wow. Okay. I've never heard of that. What is it called? Shilajit. S-H-I-L-A-J-I-T. Okay. I'm going to, I'm yeah. literally looking yeah, that yeah. up. Okay. So what are the benefits of that? Um, it's minerals, bunch okay. of, bunch of minerals. Um, that things like, um, bone broth. Um, do you have a favorite bone broth? I sometimes I get it from the farmer's market. Okay. Um, or sometimes from the whole from Whole Foods, I forget what it's called, but it comes I know in like there's a bag. A, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I just got frozen. one in a bag. Okay, yeah. I got the frozen. Yeah, one. that's okay. probably okay. one. Obviously organic, yeah, and grass fed. But um, what else? For a while, I was doing um, sea moss. Okay, I've heard of sea moss. I saw a girl on TikTok literally taking it with fruit the other day. She was like eating fruit and like putting sea moss on it, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, sea moss. You can you can do sea moss in various forms. You can. I mean, I was just taking it like in a spoon. Okay. Like some people put it in their smoothies. Um, I didn't mind taking it in a spoonful of it, but um, yeah, sea moss is again, it's all minerals. Um, what else? I think that's that's it. Also, um. 
water, you know, water is like a big topic. Um, I think a lot of the water we're drinking is just like dead water, spraying, distilled, like what are we actually drinking? Um, so I'm looking for like an ionizer, like a machine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My boyfriend's brother has one. Yeah. Ryan is going to die. Yes. He literally yeah. got one and it was in their old apartment when they lived together. And I was yeah. like, what the fuck is this? I oh, walked it's in. a good investment. It's also huge. Yes. And I was like, what is this? And he's like, yeah, it makes it like alkaline yeah. and like something else. And I was like, this guy is nuts. But then I started to like hear about it way more. And I was like, yeah. wait, maybe he's onto something that I'm not. A hundred percent. And even, you know, like we're getting live water from things like melon, cucumber, you know, things that we're consuming, but all this like bottled water and stuff is just, it's just not good. Okay. So where, yeah. where are you thinking of buying one from? Uh, I'm researching right now. So okay. if anybody has a good recommendation. <laughs> send it on over. Yeah. Because some of them can be like a few thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah they're they're yeah. probably roughly between. You could maybe find something for like 1800-ish, but probably get up to like 5,000. That's so yeah. wild, so mm -hmm. interesting. So then would you take like, is that something that you would have like installed in your house? Yes. Or, okay, yeah, got yeah. you. And like- Under the sink. Wow, this yeah. is so informative. <laughs> <laughs> All the things we need to be doing. What are some things, like five things that people could add to their health routine right now to just like boost their overall like well-being and- Overall well-being, I mean, definitely hydration, you know, mm -hmm. really get your hydration in, get those, get those water-rich foods. Those are really, really important on top of the water you're drinking. Get like 30 minutes of exercise a day if you can, uh, whatever you can do consistently. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you can do three days a week at the gym, 45 minutes, great. Whatever you can do consistently is going to be really beneficial. Sleep. Yeah. Sleep. Please get some sleep. It's so important. Um, people are always asked like, oh, how do you, you know, how do you keep your skin great? I'm like, part of it, honestly, is sleep. Like I don't have like, you know, under eye issues and dark circles and stuff because I, I sleep like a baby and no. I, 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 <laughs> like I've just always been in the routine mm -hmm. of like, you know, 11 p.m., 6.30 a.m., 7 a.m., you know. That's amazing. Also routine. Yeah. Routine. Really discipline is so important for just living a well-rounded lifestyle is if you can get yourself into a routine where you're taking the supplements you need, you know, journaling if you need to, getting your water intake as you need getting the sleep i think that's really important and buy yourself like something that you like to drink out of yeah like i feel yeah. like that helps like i love straws and i feel like that helps me drink water yeah. so much quicker yeah. otherwise then if i just have like a glass water that sucker's gonna be sitting on the counter for three days yeah but oh, like man. if i have like something with a straw that helps me drink just a lot quicker. exactly you, so you know yourself you know what you need so what do you want to be known for uh i want to be known for just authenticity. I think that that's something that I personally crave. And I think that that's something we're kind of missing, especially with so much being inundated with so much social media content. It's just being honest about everything, being honest with during the bad times, down times. I think sometimes when people might go to my page or anyone's page and think, oh, wow, well, she must live a great life. And the truth is, you know, the last two years I've been going through a really down time and I've been pretty open about it, you know? Um, so I think I just want to be known for really sharing authentically everything that's happening in my life. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, pimp yourself out. Where can we find you? Follow you? Yeah. Where can all the TV babes Yay. say hello? Um, at Tenny Panosian. If you type in T-E-N-I, it should be the first one at the top. And at Monday Born Beauty. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so thank much for you. spending your time with us thank today. This was so me. fun. Literally went by so quick. Yay. TVB babes, please make sure to follow our guest of this week. And we will be back next Thursday. That's all for now.